Wow. Episode 30. New show. Made it this far. Can't believe it. Ah, I can believe it. I'm going to infinity right here. We're taking this show to infinity and beyond around the globe, interviewing, sharing conversations with some incredible people. And before we jump into today's guest, I want to give a shout out to Ambery Gardens. Huge thank you to them for sending loads of CBD product over and sponsoring the show. If you would like some fantastic new CBD product, if I could recommend, I've been using this stuff called the Deep Rub. And man, it's been helping me recover, especially I've been doing a lot of DJing and mixing, putting together way too long of sets. We're talking seven, eight hour sets, <laughs> dancing in place. And oh man, my Achilles and going up into my calf are very sore after that. But, you know, rubbing some of this deep rub on there, getting this on my hip flexor, I've been doing a lot of running again. And it's it's been tremendous. It's been a great, great, great addition to my supplemental uh, regiment, and I highly recommend um, CBD from Ambry Gardens, if not CBD in general. Really find out where your product comes from. Uh, I've talked with a few people over there at HQ. Shout out to Jake. And uh, it's been so far so good. I'm really, really looking forward to working with them going forward in the future. And if you use promo code BUSDRIVER, you're going to get a 15% discount on any and all product. Um, so go to embrygardens.com, use promo code BUSDRIVER. I'll have a link to that in the description. It'll be on YouTube as well. And yeah, fantastic. If you want to go buy some stuff, it's going to help you. Fantastic. If you want to support this show, it's greatly appreciated. And let's jump into today's guest. We have James Underdown. Really, really cool cat. He heads the, uh, the executive director of the Center for Inquiry here in Los Angeles. This is the Western branch of the center of inquiry and he's been the executive director since 1999 he's written both for skeptical inquirer and free inquiry magazine and he is the chairman and independent investigation group in hollywood and they're one of the u.s's premier paranormal investigative teams um they have even like a two hundred fifty thousand dollar giveaway if anybody can come to them and prove to them in a scientific setting that they have some supernatural paranormal activity or effect. And I think the same thing goes for any um, conspiracy theory that does exist out there. Um, I was really excited to get James on the show. I saw him on an episode of Jubilee where he and a few other scientists were uh, having conversations with flat earthers. And, you know, there's we're, we're getting to a point in this country where, you know, we're not the standards for where we held people on where they got their information from and not just where, but how they got their information is just just so lacking. It, it's it it it's really think about this. We talk about in the show how uh, going to college myself and high school, and I mean we we literally had our feet held to the fire, like on the grounds of expulsion if we didn't show where our paper our information came from, if it wasn't an original idea. And I think about how many people these days are doing that. Now I think the same thing is not uh, happening in a lot of mainstream journals. Um, Quality has been lacking recently, but, you know, they still have to retract papers. They still have to bring stuff in. And, you know, just because someone's on YouTube and just because someone's uh, running around on the Internet in a Facebook group not being held to the feet of the fire, or at least Facebook and Google are attempting to do that. Um, it's interesting. So James and I have a great conversation about that. We talk about the differences between um, separation of church, separation of state, and how, uh, you know, religious groups are continuously trying to use their power uh, and leverage on government to uh, 
maintain their stranglehold of power over select groups of people. Uh, the show is great. James is great. Go check out a lot of his work. Go check out the Center of Inquiry in Los Angeles. I'm really excited. Once that is all shut, everything's finally opened back up. I can go over there and shoot a video uh, watching one of their tests. And we're going to jump right into today's episode with James Underdown. But uh, what's going on? I'm going to jump us right in. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Bus Driver Experience. I'm joined by a special guest today, James Underdown. He's the executive director of the Center of Inquiry here in Los Angeles. He's got a pretty cool and interesting job. Uh, he's a skeptic, and uh, he gets to tackle um, why other people may be skeptical and where other, what gives those people reason to be skeptical, and then testing scientifically people with uh, different scientific ideas or people who have different theories or even other people with paranormal uh, effects and beliefs. So, James, thank you so much for joining me today. And uh, did I get that whole description right? <laughs> Is there a little bit more you guys are studying or looking up? Yeah, that's yeah, that's pretty good. We, we investigate and test all kinds of uh, wacky ideas and wild claims. And, I mean, of course, a lot of the people who have the ideas or claim to be able to do these things don't uh, think they're wacky. They think they're uh, on target and sane, um, and it varies. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't think uh, my production coordinator, when she messaged uh, you or your people, she was like, you know, how, how do you know this guy? And it's like, well, I saw you on a, a Jubilee video, and mm-hmm. uh, you were uh, on the side of one of the scientists uh, versus people who believe in flat earth. Right. I mean, it, I think, um, I, I forgot what the other, uh, the white gentleman, what his, uh, scientific background was. I know the other one was a, uh, um, a pretty high up there physicist, theoretical physicist working with, you know, um, uh, string theory and the foundations of, uh, <laughs> the basis of life in our universe. And, you know, he's trying to sit there and have this dialogue with somebody who's just trying to tell him. Yeah. That he's a has a fallacy. What he what he studied and what he's been put through, and the rigors of scientific, uh, just the just the whole uh, like uh, I would say this like the syllabus of like following uh, science where you have to be studied. Your literally feet are held to a fire in order to try and figure out what is right, what is wrong, and is this actually like a law of nature that we can you know test and prove? And it, it's it's pretty interesting that. You know, more and more and more. I wouldn't say more and more and more. I guess the people with the voices who have have no claim in science, um, you know, seem to have the either standing on the biggest soapbox or they have the loudest voices. Um, I think when we see that, uh, well, yeah, this is the problem. Yeah, you get you have uh, it's it's there's a name for that. It's called Dunning Kruger effect, and it's all these people who think they're just as smart as the, you know, theoretical physicist that we had on the flat earth video and all just because you have an opinion about something or you saw a YouTube video about something um, doesn't mean, you know, Jack about that subject. So we're big fans of uh, getting people who have the most, education and the most experience with some of these questions and and tapping them for their expertise 
Yeah, I, 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 run, I run into this a lot when having debates and or even just conversation. You know, it's and I, 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 I like to keep it simple. Just when someone throws me something like some very grandiose, you know, very conspiratorial idea, I say, oh, where did you get that information from? Who's your source? Where did you find that? Where did where what footnotes did they have in this article of where they did their study or research from to base it off of? And that's not there. And I, I guess the easy answer for that always is that the government doesn't want you to know and it's not potentially possible. And I, I think it's such an easy answer. And I know you've done this, you know, for 20, 30 years, you know, trying to uh, uh, test people who've done these ideas at you, you know, ask people like, hey, where'd you get these these ideas or these beliefs from? You know, do you have anything to back it up? Um, have you seen it get worse or better or, you know, has the foundation of the internet kind of like made it a little bit more easier for people to uh, come together with uh, their ideas as, yeah, they, as they, they be? Yeah, that's, that's exactly it. It's, it's, I mean, the internet has been a double-edged sword. So in, you know, in the last 20 years, and I'm old enough to see the internet go from almost nothing to what it is today. And so I've also seen the progress of these types of claims over those years. Back in the day, like, um, so our organization, the Center for Inquiry, has its origins in like the 1970s. In 1976 is when we started publishing Skeptical Inquiry, Inquirer magazine. So back then, you know, when someone was investigating uh, Bigfoot or Roswell, you know, you go to Roswell and you dig up this information and you look up the records and you talk to some people and you can write a report and come to some kind of conclusion about what happened. Um, today, the problem is that you have people who have some of these beliefs. Let's take flat earthers as an example. And first of all, they're huge conspiracy theorists. No, no flat earther can be a flat earther without buying into some wacky, wild conspiracy about how the governments of the world are, are covering up the fact that the world is flat and not a globe, and they won't let you on the continent of Antarctica, and, you know, on and on and on. So all this stuff gets spread largely because, like you just mentioned, they can't find each other. You know, this might be a tenth of a percent of the population, but there's, you know, seven billion people in change in the, in the world today. And if they, and if all the wackiest people in the world can find each other on the Internet, all of a sudden they have a voice. Yeah, it, it seems um, that it has that root in death and, you know, us wanting to really believe that there's something else after we exist and we live it's it's one of those big tough questions that we're all trying to figure out you know is there is do we keep moving on is as great as uh, our existence might be and that we are unique as a species that you know we have to, this just doesn't stop for us that there's some supernatural thing that has to keep going and all you know all these extra conspiracies seem to fall into that like oh there there has to be something else it can't just be you know an accident. It couldn't just be this. There has to be some grandiose scheme. And and for me, um, you know, I wouldn't say I'm full full or you know, pledged atheist, but you know, as someone who studied religion, um, you know, I read uh, 
a lot of the uh, uh, big religious books and read them in different contexts. And it's just um, where was I going with this? Um, there's just that. Well, there's, you there's, mentioned there's, death. Go ahead. I mean, that's where I, I think that's that's like the major inciting incident for for most religions is human beings are unique in the animal world in that we can uh, contemplate well in advance the fact that we're not going to be around anymore. And I don't know about you, but that's an uncomfortable feeling for me and for most people, I think. So, you know, anything that comes along and says, um, you know, don't worry about it. There's something after this or you're not really in control anyway. So just live your life and it's cool. That that's all attractive to us. You know? no, absolutely. I mean, it's, I was going to go into the, you know, it's definitely, definitely a point. And to add on to that, it's, it's that never ending battle, you know, good versus evil, Satan versus God. It, it's a, it's a battle that'll never win. And, you know, we see that with a lot of means of control in our society where we look at like, oh, well, it's, you know, it's just a battle that's always going to happen. No one's ever going to agree to this. This thing, this, we're going to keep moving on and it has to be. It's continuously look for something like, it's almost like delaying progress because it's like, oh, we have to, this battle that's always going to be here against these people who are always trying to keep us down is, is the thing and we're just never going to get over it unless we beat them. And that, them preventing us from seeing the world being flat, you know, from developing NASA is just been a whole thing to make us think that the world's a globe and that it's always been flat. I mean, that's one of the... Yeah, I, I think there's there's something to the idea. I mean, you know, we originally come from the African savannah and we're living in small groups and we, we do, even though there is cooperation among human beings, instinctual cooperation among human beings, there's also intrinsic in us a sort of us and them, uh, this dichotomy where there's always somebody else trying to mess with us or be against us or something. And it's hard for us to, you know, look at others, whatever that other is, if it's sex, religion, uh, national origin, color, whatever, um, it's, it's easy for us to fall into this idea that whatever that other is, is against us and bad and we need to somehow be against them. It's, it's a tough pull to swallow. Uh, <laughs> um, it, it, I mean, we look at it now. I mean, I, I think vaccines is one of the, you know, really peculiar ones. Um, you know, the, the, the advancement of just medicine from the discovery of penicillin just 100 years ago and just looking at that in the correlation of population growth, um, I mean, is just, you know, we can look at the just continuous linear movement. Like we've been moving linearly, you know, over the past, if you want to say 15, 1800 years, but now it's just like, it just skyrockets. And now we just get to a place of just an extreme comfort. Well, at least here in the United States, I think, you know, our situation here is just so unique and special and, you know, in terms of like, it's the best on the planet from going to a grocery store. I'm sure, I don't know if you've traveled the world. I'm sure you have where it's like, oh, knowing where your food's going to come from on this day or the next day. Like, um, and, you know, it's just like, hey, yeah, I don't think we need these anymore. I, I think we've grown past this and we can't have this interconnected planet with people moving and goods moving everywhere because, I mean, things travel on fruit and food and um, just 
boxes and packages. And now people are fighting against this thing that's literally got us one of the one of the main main movers to have got us where we are today. And, um, you know, yeah, I mean, you talk about vaccines. I mean, that's that's one. Vaccines are one of the great success stories of modern science. And by modern science, I mean, you know, the, the last couple hundred years or so. But in the 20th century alone, you know, we've eradicated, virtually eradicated polio, smallpox is gone, um, you know, disease after disease are off our plates now. And I mean, when I was a kid, a lot of, a lot of people had mumps and measles and all these, all these diseases and they were nasty diseases. And now all these people are coming forward and they're, you know, they're challenging the vaccines, which incidentally got started from this idiot, Andrew Wakefield in England, who led a lot of people to believe that autism and vaccines were somehow connected, which they are not, patently are not. And so it's, it's, it's formed all this fear of vaccines and you know, all these diseases are making a comeback now because of these people who don't understand how valuable vaccines are. Yeah, I was actually uh, reading Peter Hotez's book. I've been in contact with him to uh, have him on the show. I know uh, he's a uh, tropical infectious disease doctor and then works especially in um, vaccines. And I know his daughter even has autism and has no direct correlation, but he's still an advocate for, you know, vaccinations and vaccines, you know, for the population. I mean, I, I just don't, I just, I, again, it's like, is, is there a lack of communication to people or is it just, you know, Hey, we want to, I think you or one of the other uh, scientists said on the, on that Jubilee, you know, Hey, listen, you can't already have your conclusion and try and find all the pieces to match your conclusion. You need to start, pre-conclusion you need to start forming ideas and start finding proof to prove that this eventually will be the conclusion to your hypothesis like wh yeah where, where does that chain of thought come from right that's a tough thing to do to go into something as neutrally as possible uh without uh your preconceived ideas but that's where the best science is done where you go in um as as neutral as possible or at least aware of your your biases and uh, go in and, and tackle the question based on that. Because, I mean, I don't know. It's just, I, we see it in, we, we deal with so many different things where people are under the misconception because they start with a misconception and they only listen to evidence that fits their preconceived idea and you can't do that if you're trying to uh, arrive at the truth and do good science i mean wh why is it is it important that you know we continue to push for people to think a little bit more critically or you know do we just let this go to the wayside i mean what is it we're like the pros and cons of you know living in this digital world where anybody and everybody can now blast out um a bunch of their preconceived notions we'll call them Right. That's a great question because it's, 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 as we've seen in the last couple of months with the COVID pandemic, it's a matter of life and death. If you want to sit there and believe that uh, COVID-19 is a hoax or any of the other hundred wacky ideas that are going out there, 
if you want to tell yourself that it's not real and it's the Democrats or the Chinese or whatever, um, go ahead, mix it up. Go, go lick a doorknob somewhere. Go to a place where COVID is rampant and see how you do. We've already seen examples of these uh, pastors all over the United States who decided to defy the uh, church meeting orders and have them serve, have their services anyway. Um, you know, uh, dozens of them are dead now because they thought they were smarter than the doctors and the people at the CDC. So if you don't want to listen to uh, modern science and all this other stuff, you're doing so at the at the at your own peril. I mean, it's not even at your own peril. I don't think you know a lot of again. Well, I think there's a bigger problem with, you know, the value system of Americans. You know, a lot of them don't travel. A lot of them don't actually get to see and interact with the rest of the world to know, you know, what happens yeah. here reverberates in the rest of the world. You know, the impact that we have here is, you know, not even just, you know, I'm going to say like militarily, but, you know, socially, you know, creatively, culturally. Like, you know, I've worked and lived in the Middle East and it's just like, you know, what what happens here, I mean – you know, from watching music festivals online, 13-year-old girls are like, oh, my God, this is the greatest thing ever. I wish I could be there. I want to do these things. Like, you know, it's, it's those weird little subtleties that people don't realize. And now, you know, like you're saying, like with the, with the priest or preacher, listen, what you do may impact other people's lives. It's not just going to get you sick. And, you know, we have this, you know, very, very unique stubbornness here in the United States that are you know, short-sightedness is say, hey, it's all about the individual. It's about me and mm -hmm. I'm going to be better than someone else or, you know, I got to get someone out of my way anyways. It's, I mean, it's yeah, right. go to, go to, uh, go to Syria, go to a township outside of Cape Town, South Africa, go to Bangladesh and then tell me, look me in the eye and say, um, I can't survive not getting a haircut for another or going to the beauty shop for another two weeks or, or whatever. It's, it's kind of pathetic in the way how, how ignorant people are about the standards of big chunks of the rest of the world have to live in. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but, but again, you know, it, it, it's become, you know, it's pointed towards that we have such a lack of uh, trust and communication between us that, you know, that we can have such a similar direction to where we have problems with as a people, no matter where, which side of, uh, you know, political or social or cultural spectrums you're, you're on, you know, we're just, we don't have it pointing in the right direction as a collective together. You know, there's reason to be mad and upset, but you know, we're, we're just not, you know, steering it all together and at the same direction to, to make that positive change. Cause you know, those people are obviously mad for a reason, you know, it's, you know, but, <laughs> How can we make them look outside that and see that greater scheme and greater picture? You know, it, it's, it's tough. You know, does, yeah, it, does, I, does it start with education? Does it start with, you know, values? It's, you know, I know you're well, working I, on this I, as a person. I worry about the fact that there are large groups of people in this, in this country who are actively spreading bad information to other people and they have, uh, money and technological ability and they have an agenda and they I mean they're they're very actually good at what they do and there's to some degree a lack of morality in, in what they do and they just 
they just crank on. I, I mean, I could, I, I just did a, uh, I did, uh, I have a, uh, the Center for Inquiry has a podcast called Point of Inquiry, and we just did an episode with some people who were involved in the uh, Creation Museum and the Ark Experience. Oh, boy. Both in Northern Kentucky. And so these are two entities that um, have spent millions of dollars convincing that people that the dinosaurs and human beings live side by side, that the earth is 6,000 years old, and that humanity began with the eight people on Noah's Ark and, and spread from that. And these are all demonstrably uh, false notions. But these two institutions, all under the same leadership, have spent tens of millions of dollars to continuously convince people of their point of view. So I, I, that's, that's what bothers me, that people with some power and some money uh, are, are so actively spreading bad information. Yeah, that's, uh, I mean, I was laughing the entire time because I know exactly. Is that Ken Ham? Is that who we're talking about? Ken Ham is the head of uh, this group called Answers in Genesis. And yeah, they're the ones who, who built both of those things. Could you give a little description real quick? Anybody doesn't know what's, what is going down in Kentucky? Everything you explained right there? Okay, yeah. So the <laughs> it, it raises my blood pressure every time. Uh, and I've been to both of these places, by the way. Uh, and, and boy, uh, reaching into my pocket for a ticket to pay for a ticket for both of those things hurts. Tough. It was tough. It hurt. It did. So uh, the Creation Museum came first, and there are other Creation Museums in the country, but this one was really well done. I have to give them credit. I mean, they built these beautiful, big animatronic dinosaurs. So little kids go in these things and, and they just love it. But then it says, you know, the world is 6,000 years old. And, uh, you know, when uh, Adam and Eve had their fall from grace, this is when animals started uh, eating meat and when evil started and lying started and, and everything. But the problem is, it's just scientific fact after scientific fact that is misrepresented or i mean their source for everything is the bible they don't care about geology or anything else so that's the creation museum um right down the road is a thing called the ark experience it's a actual size model of uh noah's ark and when i say actual like i i mean the way it's written about it's massive I, I, I'm pretty sure there's no such thing as the actual arc. Um, but it's, you know, it's 500 and some feet long and it's whatever, four or five, six stories tall. And it's this massive thing. And they just, they just sort of rewrite all of geological history and all of evolutionary history and make up their own story about how, Animals and they think dinosaurs went on the ark, by the way, and somehow, <laughs> like soon after, they disembarked uh, when when extinct. But um, it's just insane. But they, you know, they've gotten millions of visitors. Well, I mean, the humans were keeping the dinosaurs alive. It's until the dinosaurs turned their back on the humans. That's when it just went sour for them. Yeah, that's right. yeah, you know, um, yeah. Like you said, it's it's sad that you know. Like you said, tens of millions of dollars, 
Um, I'm sure this is, you know, a tax exempt, tax write offable business, you know, because it's religious. Well, and... not, o- not only that, but you, you make a good point. This is actually why I had these people on our podcast. Um, they got they got uh, a bunch of land donated to them or for a dollar or something. And they get these uh, sales tax kickbacks from it's either the county or the state of Kentucky. So you can make the argument. And we have and a group called Americans United for Separation of Church and State actually sued them about this. Um, they've gotten preferential treatment as a religious entity to, to put this monstrosity up that's, by the way, completely scientifically inaccurate. So, you know, your tax dollars not only went to uh, service somebody else's church, but it went to service a bunch of bogus scientific ideas. I'd be pissed if I lived in Kentucky. I'm pissed and I live in Los Angeles. I, I mean, it, it's again, it's interesting. It's the, the idea of cherry picking, cherry picking what ideas you want to be right, what things you want to be wrong. I think uh, what's one of the biggest outrages right now that people are upset that we have been putting three or three and a half million dollars in a certain um, infectious disease lab in Wuhan to study these diseases and viruses. And people are like, why are we spending money there? Why would we spend money on a disease that could potentially kill us all to learn about it, to know how to treat it? But this, that's fine. That's that's protecting people's First Amendment rights. This is, you know, making sure that you know not everybody has enough food on the table. We can't even feed enough people in this country. You know, we have to make sure this organization. It's no better than, um, I think, the problem with philanthropy in the country, for example. You know, just like, oh, hey, this person's not going to pay taxes. They're going to pledge some money. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take care of climate change one day. One day I'll take care of it. I pledge my money towards this but you know well why don't you just pay taxes we we created this republic 250 years ago that works beautifully it's been sent out to the rest of the world and other countries have taken on a democracy and everything's great with it but you know we're told it just doesn't work for the people but a lot of rich and very well-off people they can use it for themselves and they can lobby the government to use it for their favor but for everybody else it's it's not that's not good well, we had uh, we had an incident here in Los Angeles t- talking about wasted tax money. The uh, L.A. Zoo, which is a decent, pretty decent zoo, um, was building a uh, monkey cage for these gold. I think they're called golden monkeys that were uh, being given to us by China, and so they they built this uh, like multi million dollar habitat for these monkeys. And they spent an extra five or six thousand dollars, and having someone come in and use feng shui to uh, arrange the monkey cage to feng shui the habitat so the Chinese monkeys would be in harmony with the habitat. Now, feng shui is one of these ancient Chinese ideas that's you know it's not based in any fact that there's no uh you know no no one who studies monkeys think that the monkeys care about feng shui which which direction the door faces or flow or any we've done investigations about feng shui there's there's nothing to it it's it's as random as i shouldn't say that there, there's 
there's something to it, just like there's something to, you know, having an architect design your house as opposed to, you know, a, a six-year-old kid. But it's just basic. Uh, that What I'm talking about is basic stuff. Feng Shui is about luck and all these preconceived ideas. So I went to a, a, a board meeting for the LA Zoo, and I challenged them, you're spending five or $6,000 in tax money to bring someone in to Feng Shui this thing when there's nothing to it. Um, so anyway, that's sometimes that's what we do because we specialize in those those smaller, wackier ideas mm. that – most scientists don't want to have to deal with. Yeah, I don't mean to raise your blood pressure, but give me some other ones that, <laughs> that really that really grind your gears. I think uh, evolution's got to be one. People who you know literally go against, like we're talking about religion before. Yeah, that's huge. I mean, evolution. You know, any any biologist, even a, a high school kid who's good at biology, should know that evolution is the unifying theory theory to all life on this planet in multiple different levels. So everything from DNA to uh, the changing of structures to the interaction of species to what causes it to, to, to viruses. I mean, viruses evolve every single year. That's why your flu shot is different this year from it is last year. So evolution, if you're studying life on this planet, you have to understand what evolution is to to get a grip on it. And there are, you know, tens of thousands of teachers in this country who are afraid to teach evolution because of blowback from religious people in their classes. That's why we, ha we have this program, Center for Inquiry has this program called TIES, the Teacher Institute for Evolutionary Studies, and it teaches people teaches teachers how to bring this to their students. But when I see people talk about the earth being 6,000 years old and, you know, it was all just created in six days or anything, there's just no science behind that. <laughs> uh, it's, it, it is interesting. Um, I, I mean, I think about like, you know, I, I learned biology in high school and I learned about it in college. I went to public school. I went to a private school as well. Um, but I don't remember it like still being pushed or taught too hard in those classes. Um, I'm trying to remember when I took the AP biology. It wasn't like probably my sophomore year, but um, you know, it, it still kind of came like second nature. It was something that was like not taught or not pushed for in school that hard, you know? Ooh. Like, like they teach it explicitly or I, I mean, I don't remember like direct, like, you know, um, specifics, but like, I just don't remember it being like, you know, I, I, I'm a, I'm a person who is luckily was always interested in reading and interested about the world. I think you even had a story about, Oh, where does religion come from? And, uh, being raised Jewish growing up and being in Sunday school and just like, hold on this is it this this is your story like this is like uh, being that young and just like a whole like asking questions asking questions you know i even have a podcast today i'm 30 and i still run around the world having conversations with interesting people wanting to learn more and more and more um you know that that that's never stopped but you know it, i had to have learned this you know from reading on my own and reading books or television movies i was a history major so all that stuff was interesting to me and 
it was there. I mean, you've heard about Charles Darwin. You heard about the, uh, what was his book? The uh, evolutionist uh, theory of evolution. Was was that it or evolution uh, of species? The, uh, yeah, um, origin of species. Origin of species. I was right there. I had all the, all, the, all the words just scattered. Um, so you, you know, you, you just learned about it almost secondhand, and um, yeah, I, I, I just don't see why it, it, it's still pushed against. I mean, I know we have a vice president who is very um, adamant about you know where our education comes from and uh, protecting the church and protecting the the ideas that uh, that are based in the church. But um, yeah, I mean, how big of an yeah, issue I, is this still? How big of an issue is that people can't you know? How many states can you not actually learn this in? Well, it's 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 a huge issue because there are still millions and millions of Americans who think the Earth is six or ten thousand years old and flat. That evolution is baloney. I mean, when you start eroding these scientific ideas on a massive scale, and by the way, we're we're practically unique in the Western world about this. Uh, you know, Europe and Russia and China and India and a lot, most of the rest of the world doesn't have the level of belief in creationism that the United States does. But what happens, the danger with all that is, is you start injecting this fundamental uh, disbelief or mistrust of the scientific consensus and once you have a, a mistrust of the scientific consensus you get exactly what we're experiencing right now during the pandemic you're getting people not listening to the cdc going outside without masks doing everything the way they think they should do it and not what the scientists say they should be doing and it's blown up in their faces and they're dying by the thousands well I mean, the flu kills seventy thousand. We've lost ninety thousand people in three three months. I don't. I, those numbers make sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't. Yeah. I don't get it either. I mean, I don't get it. I mean, it's it's either those deaths are all lies, and you know, I'm brainwashed by the CDC and you know the people who have studied this their entire lives, who apparently have been pushing to be in these positions of power, in order to one day be in control with Donald Trump as president and in cahoots, just bring the whole thing down and start killing people because of population control <laughs> and and kill well and kill yeah that's what's the count at eighty thousand right now ninety I mean that's kind of it's ninety already yeah yeah it's just in this country. Um, Just in this country, yeah. <laughs> um, that's, I mean, we hear that from people who believe in chemtrails. So for those of you who don't know, the belief is when you see those white streaks up in the sky that airplanes leave, those aren't contrails. This is the belief. This isn't the truth. Those aren't contrails. They're chemtrails. And there's actually devices on that are installed in the airplanes that are uh, that are spraying out chemicals that are either uh, killing the citizens of this country or they're spraying some sort of uh, mind altering drugs or whatever. I, who even knows? It's so insane. So the people believe that there's no one in the airline industry 
who is complicit in this, who is willing to come forward and say, uh, that's not really what those things are. There's been a zillion explanations about how contrails form, you know, when atmospheric conditions are right, the, the pressure comes out of the back of the jets and it's moisture and blah, blah, blah. It's, the science is clear and easy, but it doesn't stop thousands of people from thinking that there's this conspiracy to kill our own people or mind mel who even knows our own people yeah. it's just so yeah. mind-boggling i just never understood that one where it'd be like well don't all these other you know rich or wealthy people live in and around the area like how do we know it's not going to fall to this part of the sky and the wind's going to take yeah, it this right. way especially how much wind is impacted you know you just go 50 or 100 feet up in the air i mean there's so much more wind to know which wind pattern is going to take what this way and they're dropping that 40,000 feet in the sky i mean yeah you couldn't control it right <laughs> and okay well, this but, is the this is the same question we asked the flat earthers if the earth is flat and the us government and every government in the world that has been to space, so they all know, and all the other governments who help patrol the ice wall that the flat earthers think is at the uh, Antarctic, the edge of Antarctica is actually an ice wall, which is holding in the world's oceans from spilling off the side. If all these people are in cahoots about this, and it would be thousands and thousands and governments and all sorts of things. The question is why would people do this? Why, what is the point of hiding this fact from the world's population? And they, they, no one has an answer. And you know, they think it's some, we wouldn't be able to handle the idea or whatever. And yeah, uh, it's just, just the truth. It's the truth. It's they don't want you to truth. know the truth. That's the yeah, problem. Uh, yeah. So anyway, it's got our our mountain of things. I mean, we've been doing this. My my investigations group offers two hundred and fifty thousand dollars for anyone who can prove paranormal ability. So we've been uh, we've been testing people for uh, coming uh, for twenty years now, and obviously no one has ever won the prize yet. But people, just this week, we got people coming forward, sending us pictures from their security cameras, which they are convinced are ghosts or spirit, but are probably just drops of water and spider webs. And they just keep coming and people just want to believe in this stuff. Yeah, I wanted to get into that. You've, uh, I, I, it wasn't a million dollars, I think, one of your prizes now, or is it at 250000 Well, um, James Randi, uh, who used to be a part of our organization, had a million-dollar prize for a long time, uh, 15 or 20 years, something like that. Um, that prize has been inactive for some time now. They haven't tested anyone. So I think our prize is the uh, largest in the world right now. Uh, but, yeah, we're, it's based on the, the, the same thing. We learned a lot from Randy and, and his uh, testing methods and how he set his test up and it's just out there and anyone who wants to come and show us the goods and prove that they can see into the future or move something without touching it or any number of different things read somebody's mind 
uh, that money's just sitting there. And you would think that if someone really had the ability, uh, they'd be able to come and ace this thing in no time and, and take our money. Why haven't they? You know, why has nobody been able to prove, you know, whether it's paranormal activity to a lot of these conspiracies? Um, you know, how does how does their belief stay so strong and how does it keep pushing, you know, everything else? Because I, I don't want to say it's mental disease. I don't want to say it because, you know, we're all allowed to be skeptics and we're all skeptical in our own way. Um, you know, what, what is it that's driving uh, these people to, you know, either not back their claims up or or their or their, their quote unquote proof to what they believe in or what they think they uh, can do? Uh, some of it is mental illness. Um, some of these people are uh, hearing voices and seeing things that are clearly not there. So there is, and I wouldn't even venture a guess on the percentage. Um, we've had psychologists and psychiatrists on our investigations team before, and it's it's pretty obvious that some of these people are experiencing symptoms of mental illness. The other people who uh, think that they have these abilities are a variety of different things. Um, some are a little bit delusional. Uh, some of them are remembering their successes and forgetting their misses. You know, it's, it's the old story of uh, your phone rings or something and it's your friend Bill and uh, you, you knew it was going to be your friend, Bill. I just knew it was going to be you. And that tells some people that they have some paranormal ability. When in fact, you know, you might have thought Bill was going to call the last 40 times your phone rang. And it was really only number 41 that it was actually him. And now you think you have paranormal ability, but you forgot that you missed the last 39 or 40 or whatever. So uh, that's part of it. There's, uh, it depends on the claim. I mean, there is a claim like uh, some people think dowsing is real. This is the idea where you take a couple of rods or a witching stick and you can walk up and down on the ground and the rods or the witching stick will cross in front of you when you come over whatever you're looking for. Usually it's water. Uh, people use dowsing to try to find oil or uh, gold or all kinds of different things. I've seen but, uh, the, your story with the gentleman up in the Napa Valley who was claiming yeah, right. he could do that, could do that with water because he's, uh, he has a big wine farm and he claims he had success before. But it's just like with gambling. Like, oh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I won well, it's, last time. <laughs> it's not even gambling. Yeah, that's uh, – uh, I was one of the Mondavi brothers from Mondavi Wines is a – a believer in dowsing, but I, I mean, the, the, I asked a geologist like up in Napa Valley, for instance, what are your odds of uh, hitting water if you're a dowser? And he's like, practically a hundred percent. It's a valley. The, the water goes from the hills into the valley. There's water soaked into that ground. It's just a matter of how deep you go. Not if it's there, it's, it's, it's everywhere. You'd have a harder time drilling and not finding water than you would finding water. So he thinks because he's had success drilling for water in Napa Valley that he has his ability, and it's, it's not 
an ability. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's tough. And then you, you realize he you know, charges people for this and he goes all around the country, the world. And, you know, he's like, oh, yeah, I can do this for you. I, there's no guarantee, though, uh, if I come right. to where you are. And, yeah, it's 500 bucks. Yeah, I'll show up for an hour. You know, it's a great hourly rate right there. Uh, nuts. Um, yeah, you might as well throw a dart at a, at a, at a map and you have <laughs> – just as much luck, and that's free. Seventy-seven percent chance of water. <laughs> um, my next question: Were you? Uh, did you go to college? Are you college educated? Yeah, I went to. Uh, I went two years to junior college to College of DuPage outside of uh, Chicago, and then I finished my four-year degree at a place called DePaul University in Greencastle, Indiana. Okay, nice, nice. Um, yeah. Uh, I think it's interesting. I think uh, people don't realize that I think only 33% of people in the U S have college degrees and you know, there's, you know, this weird becoming social divide of people who, you know, who have been educated or who are educated. And like you said, it's, it's getting to that point, you know, where we don't want to trust the people who have either been put to the rigor. And I, I have my own biases against college, even though I went, you know, I got an education, you know, the, what it costs and what it's doing to, you know, my generation. I'm not the biggest fan of, however, going to a, a prep school and high school to, you know, you know, we had our feet held to the fire to the threat of expulsion. If you didn't cite or footnote, like where you got your information from. And if this idea was not an original idea, they would threaten you with expulsion. And it was like, oh, shit, I, I can't cheat on this paper. You know, I can't just copy and paste this. And, 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 you know, that is like one strong value I know I've got from my education is, you know, after that and then going to college and writing those 35, 40 page history papers, you know, to graduate, it's like, well, I got to make sure, you know, I write this thing about, you know, Italy and fascism in 1914 and 1945. And I got to put this original idea together um, and then create this original idea about it. Like, that has been done so much credit to, you know, looking at the world in a very, very open, open lens to say, oh, well, maybe this is why this happens. Oh, this is why this happens. Asking questions. And, um, you know, I, I feel like that is the the level that we're not holding other people to either, either because they never went through that experience and or they didn't go to college. You know, I'd say most of the, uh, the generation of you know, even uh, my, my parents didn't go to college, you know, it's like fighting with them now, just like, guys, you can't just send this YouTube video over. Like, where'd you get this from? Do you, if you read this, have you read that? Is this, is this dot net you're sending me this from? Like, who is this guy? Where does he get his information from? Like, is, is there something more to it? Or, 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 you know, again, it's like, I feel like that's one of the biggest things missing is just yeah, I, holding people accountable. I, yeah. Right. And, and that's, I mean, if that's, if you learn one thing in college, I would hope people would learn that all sources are not equal. And, and you know, there's plenty of people who went to college who believe in wacky things. It's not a, of course, it's not a vaccine for uh, dumb ideas, but it does. Uh, I think it, it, it could or should expand your horizons a little bit. And so you see a little bit a wider breadth of the world and and understand that there are uh, certain standards that should be met to accept something as true. You know, people talk about 
fake news and all this stuff. But I mean, I would say, you know, sources like the New York Times and the Washington Post and the Wall Street Journal and the Chicago Trib and LA Times and the Christian Science Monitor, the, any, any of these, these publications that are staffed with professional journalists um, have some degree of credibility, certainly better than, you know, some blogger who just decides to put a, uh, a blog up or some YouTuber who knows how to use a camera and an editing system. There are standards and there are techniques to gathering information and putting it back out there that are higher than just anybody. You know, it's like you said with the YouTuber thing, like, you know, I've had a few um, on the show. Uh, One's a good friend of mine and, you know, he's got like, you know, probably a million person reach and I had him on the show and just, you know, we we just get into it all the time. Um, There's nothing against him, you know, but just like, we'll we'll start going and going. And he's taking like a 2015 Bill Gates speech and he's just saying, see, he's trying to kill people. And I'm just like, ah. Population control is a little bit more than that. I, I don't think that we have a problem right now feeding seven and a half billion people on our planet. We have a hard time making sure people have even a place to sleep and live and not be sick. You know, we have the privilege here to just say, oh, he's just trying to kill all of us. Like, that's even a little far fetched, man. Maybe it's, maybe it's a little more than that. Maybe our planet can't sustain this many people. You know, do you think we can sustain this many people? Like, let's think a little bit more. So it's, it's not just that. It's it's you know, what we talked about earlier. It's like people throwing their beliefs and ideas because he'll take like a PBS article and say, "See," and it's like, "Now nah, that, that's there, there's more to it." You know, this isn't the final definitive answer. And I think you know again the unique thing about those 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 uh, journals or people that have credibility is that they always do you know retake articles or take things down when you know they're incorrect or apologize. For things, you know, the guy standing in front of the sun with a sun exploding behind him on a green screen and a camo hat who says he's got the news and information that's going to tear down the establishment. <sighs> Why should you believe that guy? Yeah, I, I mean, people don't under I, I mean, I, I, I know people who think that it's because it's a website or because it's a YouTube video that there must be something to it and it's it's just simply not the case anybody can that's the problem with the that's that's the downside of the double edge of the uh internet sword is that anybody can put up any idea and if you know how to design a website and if you're slick at production and everything it looks just as good and it may even look better i mean in the case of the the creation museum there's real museums out there that don't have the resources that Ken Ham put together for the Creation Museum. So little kids come in there and they're like, "Wow, this is awesome! This mu- this must be true if it's it's such high quality." But it's not. It's just it's a high quality sham. And uh, sometimes you know science isn't as good as at the packaging of things as people who stand to make a buck from it. No, completely. Like you said, this is like a, it's actually a battle of ideas. It's a battle of uh, thought and values. And yeah, 
Yeah, I mean, just being able to still have that ability in government, which I, 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 I think more and more people are getting a little bit fed up with. Just to say, like, wait, why is this group tax exempt? Why don't they pay taxes? I think um, the Church of Latter Day Saints, the Mormons, is like one of the most interesting ones. I think they have eighty billion dollars in you know, in holdings and um, real estate. I mean, it, it's. It's insane. $80 billion. That's its own little like nation state. Sure. And, then, and then literally have their own state where they kind of run the show for whoever may live there. God forbid you, you know, I mean, again, some of the nicest people, they, they are very nice. Loves, love visiting Utah and being there. But like, it's, I mean, just, yeah, I mean, you got, I mean, the Catholic church is, I think the biggest land individual landowner in the world. You got Scientology right down the street from us. Uh, they have multiple buildings in downtown uh, Hollywood that are mostly empty most of the time. And the, uh, the city and the county aren't collecting a dime of uh, real estate taxes from them. They bought this property up cheap, and uh, they're doing that all over the country, all over the world. And it's a it's a massive waste, and it's it makes uh, local government even tougher because there's uh, voids in the tax base. Yeah, I mean, it seems like Scientology had a good pushback in terms of like you know other people pushed back. They said, "Hey, what's going on there?" The people who left, the stories that came out about what they were doing, um, kind of. Uh, had them retreat a little bit but i mean like you said i mean once they already own all that land and they're not paying taxes on it you know hey you know I, I, what was you so unique with it i don't know if a lot of people know the story is you know how they blackballed or blackmailed a lot of people at the irs yeah to get that tax exempt status and yeah that's its own story that uh yeah they 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 had this backdoor uh campaign to achieve tax-free status and that's exactly what they did they blackmailed a bunch of officials and and got it pushed through and it's it's hurting all of us i mean frankly i would tax all religion something oh especially the property they own um so it's not just scientology but they're they're big offenders yeah i mean completely i mean it's so unique that these religious organizations, I wouldn't even say all like religious, I'm going to use another religious organization, the, you know, the church of Satan or Satanism, you know, when they always win those cases, cause it's like, Hey, well, if you guys want the 10 commandments here, we got to have the statue of Satan right next to it. And that, I just, you, the constitution, if you wouldn't realize how great of a document it is, like when it's actually practiced and looked at, like, all right, you guys want this here. We, we're going to have to have everything else here because we don't want any violation of anybody's individual rights. And it's, it's, it's so beautiful when that happens. Just to say like, oh, you'd, you'd hope it'd point out to people like, maybe we're being a little silly here. Well, again, we've been involved in some of these fights too. And I mean, you know, if it's, it's not that we hate Christians or Scientologists or, or any other religion, we just think that the, the U.S. government should not be in the business of any kind of religion. You shouldn't have the Ten Commandments or any other religious crosses, any other religious uh, uh, symbols on public property. 
And then if you do, that's when it gets to like what you were just talking about. Then you open the floodgate and you should have, uh, you know, Satan should be up there. The sp flying spaghetti Big monster, monster. <laughs> should be up there. And any other wacky idea uh, qualifies. Uh I know we're getting up on time, so I want to talk a little bit more about, you know, the center here in L.A., um, you know, what you guys do over there. Uh, I know you guys said you had a podcast, and uh, even uh, for me, you know, what uh, what can people do to get involved? How can I get involved? I think you guys are right here in Filipino Town. Um, yeah, right? yeah, we're on uh, Temple Street in Filipino Town. You're down the street from me. I, I live right here in Echo Park, so. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Okay, well, when we get, when we start cranking up our events after the pandemic, um, in the past, we've had uh, we, we've had lectures uh, a couple of times a month or once a month. We have book clubs. Um, we have our investigations group. We do all kinds of work here and in other parts of the country and the rest of the world, uh, defending the rights of secular people and uh, this pro-science uh, orientation. And it's just it's a place where. You could come and, and meet people who aren't going to ask you what church you go to or what temple you go to, and uh, they're certainly not going to ask you what sign you are or any of that stuff. And uh, <laughs> it's kind of a community center oh, for people who are uh, based in uh, science and reason. Yeah, that's usually one of my calling cards. You go on a date, and if a woman just like, "Oh, what's your sign?" Just like, "Oh, this is not this is not going to go well." This oh is, man, yeah, this, you're going to ask. Which gravitational pull from which constellation in the sky was more than this one or that one? Like, <sighs> yeah, and then watch her gla her eyes glaze over when you make that point. You know, uh, <laughs> uh, I've been there, brother. I've been there. <laughs> uh, the other one I wanted to still ask you was, um, what is the difference between providing rights and a place for secularism? And the difference between infringing upon religious groups, like how do you differentiate that? And how do, you know, how do people like either see that or don't see that from what you guys may or may not do? Yeah, it, it mostly has to do with the, the, the weight of government. <clears throat> so um, if the weight of government is behind a prayer of a certain religion in school, if it's a display of a certain religion on public grounds, if it's uh, advocating certain ideas that a certain religion, to the exclusion of other perspectives, uh, adhere to, then that's when we have a problem. If, if you want to go to church every Sunday or temple or wherever, I don't care who you pray to or what you do, but don't use the power of the U.S. government or any government in the world to suppress the ideas of uh, groups, other religions, non-religious people, anyone who disagrees with the majority, uh, do not use the power of those governments uh, for the advancement of a particular religion. So that's that's mostly when we when we talk about separation of church and state. That's what we're talking about. Put your cross in your front yard. Uh, put your uh, Star of David on your door. I don't care. Uh, just don't put it at, at, at City Hall. Don't make me pray in school or before uh, the mayor makes his uh, announcement. Yeah. No, 
James, this is great. I already have the name of the show. I love the quote you did. All sources are not equal. That was that yeah. was solid. That was solid. Um, so thank you so much. Uh, looking forward to connect and uh, doing a show in person when this is all over. Um, and thank you to everybody who had tuned in. Um, go check out the Center for Inquiry. Uh, James heads up the one out here uh, in L.A. In the West one, there's one in D.C. And there's one in Chicago, if I remember. Am I correct? Uh, I think they're a little dormant right now in Chicago. We're working on that. Okay. Um, but go check them out online. They have a great uh, online presence on Twitter and on their website. And, um, yeah, guys, go ahead and subscribe to the show. We've got plenty of more shows coming. This is episode 30 of the Bus Driver Experience. Uh, we got another show live on Wednesday. Former college basketball teammate, Renzo Onowaku. Um, I don't think we have any planned after that. Uh, I got to start scheduling those up, but there are plenty of shows we just cranked out in the past week, like two or three. Uh, a bunch of former basketball teammates from Syracuse. A lot of Syracuse basketball players on the show recently. Um, but yeah, guys, thanks for tuning in. Remember to get out there. Whatever it is you want to do, it's just a question away. You just got to take that first step. So find out. Ask someone who knows more than you. Uh, go figure out. Go fail at something. It's what life's all about. You're going to learn. It's the only way you can learn. And we're out. James, thank you again. Thanks, Brandon. Quits is the most uh, for those who...